Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. I'm back. Glad to be here. I answer your questions about what are Republicans wrong about? What is my favorite state? How do we get our kids to love America again? And I also do some follow-up from our very popular episode on Friday. I want to thank those of you that have been emailing me over the weekend. I'm catching up on all those emails, freedom at charliekirk.com. If you guys want to get in the running to win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine, type in Charlie Kirk Show, hit subscribe, give us a five-star review. And also, please, I encourage you to send in your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. If I select it, you guys win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine and also get involved with Turning Point USA, tpusa.com, tpusa.com. Buckle up, everybody. Big show in store. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hey, everybody. It is great to be back in the saddle. I had a good couple days in the back country of the wilderness of our country. For those of you that are just looking for a fun summer vacation or just if you want some time away from the chaotic world that we live in, I highly recommend just turning off your phone, going into the back country of Wyoming or Montana, Idaho for a weekend. It is so unbelievably fulfilling to look at the natural beauty that God gave our country that he created so perfectly the roaring rivers, the snow-capped mountains, the fresh air. It's incredible. So I'm back and ready more so than ever before to be able to share some thoughts with you guys. And of course, today is Monday. That means that we are doing an Ask Me Anything episode. I am answering your questions. Those of you that emailed me, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. I'm answering your questions right here. And the winners, by the way, those questions that I select, when a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine, M-A-G-A Doctrine, New York Times bestseller, those of you that I select, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. So I want to start with kind of a follow-up from our very popular and successful episode on Friday, The Human Cost of Cancel Culture. We got an incredible, overwhelming support from this episode. I must have received hundreds of emails from people, some of which were people that were struggling intimately with depression, some people contemplating suicide. And the response we got were people that were saying thank you. Here's one email that we got. We're going to keep their name anonymous. Charlie, I've listened to yesterday's podcast over and over. I've typed this email a dozen times. I need help. I'm struggling with depression. I do not believe that I would ever end my life, but I've struggled with that thought every day. I needed to hear a message. I needed a friend. Thank you. 
Well, look, the Charlie Kirk Show, and for those that support us at charliekirk.com slash support, you allow us to do the amount of episodes that we do with our production team and the output that we have on this podcast is the best of any podcast in the political space. However, we don't just talk about politics. This is not just the news of the day podcast. Sometimes I speak directly to you about cultural, psychological, religious, and spiritual issues. And on Friday, it was really weighing on me having a friend who just recently committed suicide to share with our audience the reality and the weight that comes with mental health issues, possibly depression, and really the message of every single person's life matters, that your life matters, that if you apply yourself and you straighten out your life and you aim on something that matters, your life has meaning. So let's talk about that a little bit more concretely, because I got a lot of emails that say, Charlie, what do I do? Well, take out a piece of paper and write uninterrupted for 15 minutes what an ideal and realistic life would look like for you that would bring you some form of fulfillment and happiness a couple of years from now. Just map it out. Write it out. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's not going to be published in the New York Times, God forbid. It's not going to be pub- published in the Washington Post. Just write it out. I see myself becoming an owner of a restaurant in a community that I really love, married to someone that I adore with a couple kids. Great, perfect. Then get even more detailed than that. Talk about the type of food that you really want to consume, how you want to look like, all of it. And then you kind of have an end point. And if that gives you meaning, good, that's part of it. Now all of a sudden you have something that's attainable. Aim towards that. And I'm a big believer that sacrificing something today to know that you might benefit tomorrow is something that is one of the biggest breakthroughs in human history that we take for granted. You see, this is articulated in the Bible many times in Christ being the ultimate sacrifice, sacrificing one day so that we can have eternal life and accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But this was talked about in the Old Testament, of course, most famously with Abraham and Isaac, where God was trying Abraham to possibly have to sacrifice his son, which was anyone who has children, and I do not yet have children, know that that sort of story is just so difficult to read to know that God might ask you to sacrifice your child. And of course, the correct reading of that is God never intended to have that child be sacrificed. Instead, he was testing and pushing Abraham to see how much faith he actually had. And Abraham passed the test and God provided the sacrifice. But this idea of sacrificing today so that you might have a better life tomorrow is not something that animals do consciously. They don't. It's what separates us from the beasts of the animal kingdom. It's what separates us from insects, what separates us from every other living creature on the face of the earth. And that's a very positive thing. It shows that you can straighten out your life. You can aim on something that has meaning. And maybe you can sacrifice something the next couple of months. Maybe you should not drink anymore from now to the end of the year. Can you do that? Maybe you need to wake up 30 minutes earlier and go for a walk to clear your head and burn those extra calories. Maybe you have to sacrifice or forego a favorite meal or a favorite dish. Sacrificing something for a greater purpose will give your life fulfillment and meaning. Now, sacrificing does not mean you do it out of self-hatred or self-loathing. 
It doesn't mean that you stop eating your favorite food because you hate yourself. In fact, it's the exact opposite. You will find more fulfillment and meaning by restraining yourself instead of indulging yourself. And that's not to say at certain times you can enjoy life's beauties and treasures. But you probably know that if you get stone cold drunk every single night, it loses its meaning pretty quickly. It's no longer that special. In fact, you probably feel pretty awful. You probably feel bitter. You probably feel terrible. And there's a reason for this. is because your body and your life is not set up to be constantly indulging itself. And I talk to so many young people, and young men in particular, that have been sold a repeated pattern of lies by the secular humanist radical left that all you have to do is basically be a hedonist and pursue your own self-pleasure whenever you want, how you see fit, and that will make you happy. In fact, it's going to make you miserable, inevitably miserable. And so maybe you find one or two things that you need to stop doing today. And the incredible irony of it is stopping doing something that you might actually enjoy will give you far more fulfillment and enjoyment than actually doing that thing. Because you're doing it for a very specific purpose. And that's why you must start with mapping out your meaning. That's why you must start with articulating very specifically and in, in high amounts of detail where you want to go with your life, the type of person that you want to be, the type of spouse maybe you want to be, the type of boss you want to be, the type of person in the world that you want to aspire to. That is admirable. And that is actually fulfilling. That is the hero's journey. As I mentioned on Friday, I'm not going to sugarcoat it ever. Life is really brutal. Life is suffering. Life is really hard. I encourage you to listen to our previous episode of the throwback episode, my conversation with Jordan Peterson. He talks about this in such great detail. The issue at times with Jordan Peterson is he doesn't totally connect in a full circle loop the need to commit your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He gets very close to that, though. He does a better job defending the Bible than most Christians do, but he defends it archetypically and psychologically. This is part of what we talk about at the Falkirk Center for Faith and Liberty at Liberty University. And if any of you are interested to go to Liberty and you guys want more information, you guys can always email me, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. I'd be happy to connect you with the right people at Liberty. It's one of the few colleges I actually put my name behind. And you guys know what I feel about higher education and the damage that they are doing to our country. And so if you're listening to this, you say, Charlie, I don't know where I'm going and why I'm heading in that direction. That's okay. Map out specifically what might give you fulfillment and meaning. There's something out there. Guarantee it. Something that you want to aim towards. Straighten yourself out, then aim towards it. Then endure the daily grind, but at least you have that thing that you're going towards. You have that aim. It might be a human being you want to grow closer to. It might be a home that you might want to acquire. My opinion is the less materialistic, the better. The more relational, probably the better. The more spiritual, even better than that. I want to grow closer to God. I want to understand the scriptures even better. That is an incredible ideal to attain. That's an incredible ideal to strive for and to aim for. Now, I will say, the amount of emails that I got on that specific podcast, it troubles me because I see how many people are dealing with these issues, but it also gives me a great deal of fulfillment for me because I know that I'm helping other people. And so that's my, other, my final piece of advice for you, is that if you're looking for something fulfilling, 
Stop thinking so much about making yourself fulfilled and make somebody else fulfilled. The most fulfilling thing I have felt in the last couple weeks, and honestly the last couple months, that I have felt is when I get messages from other people that say I helped them live a better life, that I helped straighten out their path, that I helped answer some questions for them. So look to other people for a place that you might be able to lean into them. I can tell you personally, that's why I do what I do here on the podcast. That's why we produce so much content, as I know that someone out there in this beautiful country, in this beautiful world that God gave us, needs to hear what I'm saying today. That's what keeps me going. That's what makes us do 12, 13, 14 episodes a week. And I think I actually have a moral prerogative to try and make the best possible arguments for truth every single day. So I want to thank you guys again for that warm uh, response we got from that episode Friday. If you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to do so and also apply some of these pieces of feedback and advice that I give here, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Let's get to the next, next question. Hey, Charlie, I heard you in South Dakota and Wyoming through your podcast. What is your favorite state? Sally Sue from Michigan. Well, I hate to uh, bash on your own state, Sally. Sally Sue from Michigan. Michigan is not my favorite state, but I do love Michigan in the summer. Some of my favorite memories are with friends up near the Lake Petoskey region, uh, Lake Walloon, actually, the Petoskey region in northern Michigan. I do love Michigan. I love the state of Michigan. I do not like the governor of Michigan. She has totally and completely tried to destroy that state, and she is unconstitutional through and through. I am in no way, shape, or form supportive of Governor Gretchen Whitmer, but I do love the people of Michigan. God bless Michigan. I have to say, my favorite state in the summer is probably either Wyoming or Montana. I love where I get to live and where I get to travel from. I do like being from Chicago, and I don't live there anymore, but it is a, let's just say, a difficult place to be at times, uh, politically and otherwise, but great people. My family's from there, and I'll always appreciate what Chicago did for me, which really created a strong work ethic in me. I love the state of Arizona. I love everything about Arizona. I love the mountains. I even love the heat at times. It does get a little bit old. I have to say right now when it's 110, 115 degrees, but for the rest of the year, outside of the weather, I love the culture. I love that we have our headquarters at Turning Point USA, tpusa.com in Phoenix, Arizona. My least favorite states, boy, I do like parts of California. Not too much of a fan of some of the politics there. New York is really hard for me. I do not like New York City anymore. It is basically impossible to be able to exist in New York City. Uh, New York City has become a place of widespread lawlessness, just blatant criminality, and a lack for the rule of law, a lack of regard for the rule of law. It's something that I just, I cannot tolerate being in New York City very much any longer. And I used to love New York. I used to love to go to New York. I used to love the magic. I used to love the energy. It's not what it used to be at all. New York City has been handed over to the most radical Marxist elements of our entire society. And I think that that is something that we honestly have to point out and say, look at this beautiful city that was completely and totally destroyed by radical left-wing Democrats. And so favorite states, I, I do love South Dakota. I think Governor Christy Nome is doing such a great job. I encourage you to check out that previous episode that we had with Governor Christy Nome. Uh, it was terrific. She did a great job articulating exactly what she is doing in the great state of South Dakota. And I encourage you guys to go back in the archives just about a week and check out that conversation. So I love all of America, but there's certain states, certain times of year that are just exceptional. And especially that Idaho, Wyoming, Montana region, this time of year can't be beat. But the rest of the year, 
I like Arizona, love Florida, and I, lo- I think Governor Ron DeSantis is doing such a terrific job. Let's get to the next question. This is from Teresa in Mississippi. Congratulations, Teresa. You win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. Just email us when I select your question, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. And if you guys want to get in a random drawing for the MAGA Doctrine, we are mailing out another 65 MAGA Doctrines tomorrow because I'm back in the office. I've been traveling so much. You guys can subscribe to The Charlie Kirk Show, give five stars, leave us a review, screenshot it, and email us freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. So make sure to do that. Okay, here's the next question from Teresa in Mississippi. Charlie, I was listening to your Think Big podcast. I was very impressed with how you were talking about making our kids love America again. I think the president has been listening, and he seems to be saying it recently. Thanks so much. Love the show. Well, look, I appreciate the praise. The president did kind of take a very similar tact in recent days. He did tweet out right before the weekend. And as I was without cell service for many, let's just say many, many hours, I came back and I was very pleasantly surprised to see the president tweet out uh, that he wanted to potentially revoke the tax-exempt status for universities because of the left-wing indoctrination that they are doing towards our students. I was thrilled to hear that. And he said this at the Mount Rushmore speech about how we are indoctrinating our kids, not educating our kids. Play tape. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats in every case is the predictable result of years of extreme indoctrination and bias in education, journalism, and other cultural institutions. Against every law of society and nature. Our children are taught in school to hate their own country and to believe that the men and women who built it were not heroes, but that were villains. The radical view of American history is a web of lies. All perspective is removed. Every virtue is obscured. Every motive is twisted, every fact is distorted, and every flaw is magnified until the history is purged and the record is disfigured beyond all recognition. This movement is openly attacking the legacies of every person on Mount Rushmore. They defile the memory of Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Roosevelt. Today, we will set history and history's records straight. And Kaylee McEnany said a very similar thing where she said, we are going to teach our kids the history of America again. The White House, again, I'm not really big into the taking credit thing. I I think that it's kind of overdone when people go on TV and said, yes, this was all because of me. I'm not going to say that. I am going to say that we probably played a role into it uh, because I sent our podcast around. I wrote about it on American Greatness, amgreatness.com. And I sent it to probably every single human being that I knew that worked in the White House and in the United States Senate about how we need to get our kids to love America again. Play tape of Kaylee McEnany. This message is now more important and more timely than ever. Radical left-wing mobs seek to tear down our monuments and our memorials. Everyone from George Washington to Abraham Lincoln to Frederick Douglass and even Gandhi. 
Misguided movements such as defund the police seek to leave our communities more vulnerable than ever. Case in point, this weekend alone. This July 4th, the president said, our movement is based on lifting all citizens to reach their fullest God-given potential. Never forget, we are one family and one nation. We will teach our children to cherish and adore their country so they can build its future. This vision is not a culture war, as the media seeks to falsely proclaim. It's an embrace of our American family, our values, our freedom, and our future. And so, look, I think that there is a lot to be said about, look, again, I, I, I didn't come up with the idea of educating our kids, but I was one of the pioneers of trying to say that we have to label and message our outreach as educating the next generation around the ideas of American history, first principles, and what matters most in America. I think there's nothing wrong with saying that. I think that we as Americans need to get serious about educating the next generation about why they should love America. We have a country where a majority of young people are being taught a negative perspective on American history. Washington, Adams, Madison, Jefferson, the founders and framers of our country are being portrayed as evil, bigoted, and backwards. And they should be portrayed as heroic individuals that, of course, were not perfect human beings. And they were a symptom of the times. They did not invent some of the practices that they engaged in. They were not the inventors of slavery. Some of them engaged in slavery. Some of them regretted engaging in slavery towards the later years in their life. In fact, one year after the Declaration of Independence was signed, Vermont began to abolish slavery in 1777. So it was because of our founding fathers that states began to abolish slavery, not in spite of it. It wasn't America's founded in 1776, and then we start to have more states embrace slavery. This is what's so wrong about the 1619 Project, that if you're listening to this podcast, many of your kids, if you're a parent listening to this podcast, I should say, many of your kids are probably learning from the New York Times propaganda project the 1619 Project. That makes the argument that our country was founded in the year 1619. That our country was founded not in 1776, but instead we were founded the first year slaves came to America. This framing of American history and even some conservative organizations that run some of the biggest think tanks in all of Washington, D.C., that run some of the biggest conservative think tanks in Washington, D.C., have acknowledged and have said in public pieces that America is 400 years old. That America is 400 years old. This is nonsense. We had a very unique, significant, and declarative founding in the year 1776. Anyone who says that we were founded 400 years ago when slaves started to come to America does not understand what America is. America was a rebellion against tyranny and a creation of something new, not a continuation of bad or medieval or English colonial practices previously. America is not a colonialist country. America did its best to expand always by purchasing land or by negotiating with indigenous people. Now, of course, we made our missteps throughout history there, but large in part, we were actually far more humane to indigenous people and Native Americans than a lot of American history would tell you that they teach in our schools. Of course, there were people that stepped outside of the bounds and did not act completely properly. And we should recognize that. We should, take, we should teach the totality of American history. I'm not saying we should teach 
American history without the flaws. But you shouldn't teach American history without the brilliance and the heroism either. That's where I get so frustrated. That's where I get compelled to action to do even more podcasts and speak on more campuses and grow Turning Point USA more than ever before because you do not have a country. You cannot have a country if you have an entire generation of young people that think the country they're growing up in is an awful, brutal place. You might be able to survive another 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 years because of the amount of success we've had, but eventually those scales will tip. Eventually, those young people will become lawmakers, they'll become CEOs, they'll become decision makers, they will become influential in American society, and you'll have more people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Elon Omar where she says we want to dismantle the entire system. We want to blow everything up. Let's actually play that tape. We said it previously. She wants to dismantle the entire system. I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact wordage in front of me, but she says the essence of it. Play tape. As long as our economy and political systems prioritize profit without considering who is profiting, who is being shut out, we will perpetuate this inequality. So we cannot stop at criminal justice system. We must begin the work of dismantling the whole system of oppression wherever we find it. We will have hundreds of elected officials that believe that. And we are not serious about addressing root causes as to the decay and the downfall of the United States of America. The root causes are that we have not taught our young people our history properly. We have not taught our young people to be proud of the United States of America. Instead, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, all of them are in on it. Some voice it more forcefully. Some pretend to be moderates. But they're all different positions on a radical leftist Marxist team dedicated to the complete and total destruction of our country. And I had a question that you guys can listen to on a previous episode of the Charlie Kirk Show last week where a young man said, well, Charlie, I don't think the left wants to destroy the country. And I think that's fine to say because he's probably talking about his friends. And I broke it apart, and I think it was a good back and forth. But to go a level deeper, there is no way that you can support the idea that the left wants what's best for America. If they want the statues to be torn down, they don't want to keep, teach our kids history, and they want to continue the radical Marxist elements of every single aspect of American society. Let's get to this question here. This is Brett from Los Angeles. Hey, Charlie. I know you say some very good things about conservatives and Republicans, but you do disagree with them sometimes. That is true. What is one issue that you think the Republican Party is on the wrong side of? It's a great question. I actually wanted to do a podcast on this, and I plan to do a podcast coming up on this. The number one issue that I think Republicans fail on is the money in politics issue. Now, this can be easily conflated with the Citizens United decision that said that there could be unlimited amounts of campaign contributions into federal elections. That's not as big of an issue that I'm actually going to zero in on. Instead, I'm talking about lobbyists directly contributing to congressional campaigns and congressional committees. This is actually something that, believe it or not, Elon Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ayanna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib are on the right side of. They have a PAC that they use, the Justice Democrats PAC, and the disclaimer on the bottom of their email is that they do not take any money from federally registered lobbyists that they do not take any money from any lobbyist that is registered as a FARA lobbyist, a Foreign Agent Registration Act. I think that's what it stands for, lobbyist. They don't take any money from fossil fuel industries or CEOs. I think that's kind of silly, obviously. 
But the point is this, is that if you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering why Republicans don't fight, if you're listening to this podcast and you ask yourself, why don't we have a wall? Why has immigration not been fixed? Why is it that we have not been able to fix some of the structural issues in our country? Why are we borrowing a couple trillion dollars a year? Why have we not been able to address the education system the way we need to? Why have we not been able to bring our jobs back from China? The answer more times than not is that your elected officials have been bought and paid for by sinister, malevolent, sometimes corporate interests, sometimes not corporate interests, but just lobbyists that are representing the worst aspects of American society. And Republicans' reluctance and resistance to get on the right side of this issue is going to be electorally detrimental. We already saw Congressman Matt Gates get on the right side of this at CPAC, and he's the only Republican to do so. And I think he can go even farther, and we'll have him on our podcast to discuss this. But he said he's not going to take any PAC money. In fact, let's play some tape from that from him at CPAC where he made that announcement. Play tape. You know, in Washington, we hear a lot about fortunes, not so much about honor and sacredness. This PAC donation process with the expectation of exchanging money for favors renders public service what should be the noblest of professions dangerously close to the oldest profession. I've never turned tricks for Washington PACs, but as of this very moment, I will not pick up their money in the nightstand anymore. I will never again accept a donation from a federal political action committee, not one red cent. The American people are my one and only special interest. So Congressman Gates was completely right there, that you should not take any money from PACs. Because PACs basically have the most influence over the direct contribution to congressional candidates. So I'm going to do an episode actually unpacking this in full, where we're just going to talk about how Republicans need to get on the right side of this. But most establishment Republicans are perfectly happy taking money from the pharmaceutical companies, from the Chamber of Commerce, Cheap Labor, Open Open Border Coalition, from sometimes teacher unions, from even some Republicans, some moderate Republicans take money from organizations that are affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party or not so affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. You want to know why we haven't done anything against tech censorship? It's because most of our politicians are bought and paid for by Google, Facebook, and some of these other massive social media companies spending tens of millions of dollars on public affairs every single year. And Google in particular, they, they are so confident they will not be regulated by Congress because they have contributed to the correct people all throughout our government. And that goes to another point. I, I, I'm very firm on this. I've talked about this in a previous episode of the Charlie Kirk Show. I'd love to have you guys email me. I do not think that former members of Congress should ever be able to come, become lobbyists. I don't think that lobbyists should be able to contribute to political campaigns. And I don't think foreign governments should be able to hire American lobbyists. I think all lobbying should be done between certain hours and a certain disclosed location that is made public to the American people after an allotted period of time, maybe 24 or 48 hours. Once you see that happen, you'll start to see representatives actually do the right thing for their districts or for their states and for the country, not just the right thing for their lobbyist campaign contributors. You want to know why Washington, D.C. will probably never hold China accountable the way they should? It's because our representatives have been bought by companies that are reliant on the Chinese Communist Party and or on conglomerates that represent the Chinese Communist Party. 
You want to know why we have not been able to cut the $500 million to Planned Parenthood that we send every single year, which Donald Trump has cut greatly? Mostly it's because Planned Parenthood gives to both Republicans and Democrats. Planned Parenthood, not not all Republicans take the money to their credit, but plenty of Republicans have taken money from Planned Parenthood throughout the years, either directly or indirectly. And you see this happen year over year. And if you're frustrated and you wonder why you're losing your country, the root cause, see everything we talk about on the Charlie Kirk show is going down to root causes. You listen to other podcasts at times and sometimes they say, oh, you know, Democrats bad, Republicans good. Okay, I think that's an oversimplification. I don't believe that. I think that the major reason why our country is going in the wrong direction is Republicans have no spine. They don't fight. They rarely have courage. And they're bought and paid for by the worst aspects of American society. This whole thing of just always elevating Republicans as being the best thing ever is not correct. Now, are they better than Democrats? Of course they are. But are they good for the country generally? That's questionable. And those are two completely distinct and different questions. And so the issue that I think we are on the wrong side of more times than not as Republicans, every single time, basically, absent Matt Gates, is why are Republicans still taking money from lobbyists? Better yet, why are Republicans taking money from federally registered lobbyists for foreign countries? So if you have a federal lobbyist that is lobbying for a foreign country and that foreign country is paying the lobbyist and the lobbyist is contributing directly to someone's congressional campaign, how is that? good for the republic? How is that good for the political process? Because if we're honest about how the process works in Washington, D.C., these politicians, they answer to their campaign contributors. They just do. And I know a lot of those campaign contributors that donate to some of these individuals, and a lot of them mean well. In fact, a lot of them want what's best for America. However, the ones that don't mean well, they give the most amount of money, they have the best lobbyists, and they push the hardest. Those are the people that represent the pharmaceutical companies, that represent the cheap labor coalitions, that represent the military-industrial complex. So if you want to know why Republicans haven't fought correctly, it's because we've been on the wrong side of this issue. And I think we have to start challenging our lawmakers. Go look up online. If your congressperson takes money from federal registered lobbyists for companies that are, let's just say, unsavory, challenge them on that. Write them a letter. Say, why are you taking money from pharmaceutical companies and from lobbyists that represent them? Why don't you represent our, our district? Not, not all pharmaceutical companies are bad, but I'll tell you, most pharmaceutical companies are not doing the research and development that is needed. They are more protecting, about protecting their incumbency than ever, than, than ever before. And I'm a free market guy, and I think that these pharmaceutical companies have way too much power. I just do. And I think that we need to get the FDA out of the way in certain cases so that you can have more competition. And I also think that if you are marketing something that is chemically addictive to a human being, I think that you should be treated differently. And that's basically what happens when with some of the amount of, I think the over amount of medication that we have in our society does not make us more competitive. And it certainly does not make us more healthy. And then you look at cheap labor, you look at the military industrial. This is an issue that if Republicans really want to save the country, they'll get on the right side of. This is from Evan in Los Angeles. Congratulations, Evan. You win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. Hey, Charlie, as a conservative white man in Los Angeles, I'm always told that I can't have an opinion on something. BLM Inc., you're white, just listen. Abortion, you're a man, just listen. However, why are they then allowed to tell me what I need to believe and what's wrong with my Christian faith? They're not Christians. So by their logic, aren't they unqualified to tell me what to believe or think? Thanks, love the show, Evan Say. Well, Evan, the problem with your question is you assume that the left is coming from a logical position. They're not. The left comes from a Machiavellian, amoral position, more times than not, where they try to use their own wording and branding against you, but it can never be used against them. 
So for BLM Inc., they are going into postmodern tribal politics that try to organize people on the color of their skin, not on the content of their character, where they try to turn people against each other on tribal lines, where they try to turn white versus black, where they try to turn people against each other at all costs. This is the Marxist way, tribal class warfare. And unfortunately for them, middle class versus the rich or the poor versus the rich did not work out great. They tried this out with Occupy Wall Street in 2011. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what Occupy Wall Street is, I encourage you to look it up. Occupy Wall Street was a movement that happened in Zuccotti Park in New York City, which was a Marxist, anti-capitalist movement post-financial crisis where they tried to turn people against each other based on wealth. It did not work. So now they're trying it based on race. It's working. Because in America, there's nothing wrong with being rich. However, they propagandized us to believe there's something wrong with being white. That is even more dangerous than the traditional bourgeoisie versus the proletariat struggle, oppressor versus oppressed struggle that they teach us in the typical Marxist paradigm. So we must reject it wholeheartedly and completely. We must repudiate these awful and backwards ideas. And this whole idea is like, well, I have my truth. Well, then shouldn't we as Christians have our own truth? And why are you telling what the Bible says? Because you probably don't know it. But this goes back to this whole idea. Evan, even though you are a Christian, that doesn't necessarily mean that someone who's not a Christian can't also understand Christianity. No individual based on their own personal experience can have a better license to a macro argument. Now, of course, you can have individual stories that, that do matter and they should, be, they should contribute to the national conversation. However, when you're trying to make public policy or you're trying to make big philosophical arguments, any single person, Christian, Jew, Muslim, atheist, should be able to make an argument about what Christianity actually says, because the text is it's there for anyone's reading. Now, trust me, that's a lot easier said than done. You have all sorts of different denominations. You have all sorts of different interpretations. You have all sorts of different theological ways of interpreting the Bible. However, the point is this. There's no such thing as my truth, especially there's no such thing as my truth. When we talk about something as important as religion, as Christianity, as racial issues and the Constitution. There is just truth. You don't get to read the United States Constitution and say, well, my truth says that this document is racist, bigoted, homophobic, should be completely obliterated, and allows me, because it says for the general welfare, it means that I get a mansion. That's an untrue reading to a universal document, and your truth is completely and totally irrelevant. This has been great, everybody. I'm glad to be back. Here on the Charlie Kirk Show, we have an action-packed week, so make sure you guys are subscribed. Type in Charlie Kirk Show, hit subscribe, give us a five-star review, email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. If you guys want to win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine, get involved with Turning Point USA. Go to tpusa.com, tpusa.com. God bless everybody. It's, it was awesome being in the backcountry, enjoying the sun, enjoying the, the woods. Unlike Hillary, I actually got something out of it, and I wasn't running away from anything. I was just enjoying some meditation time in the greatest country ever to exist in the history of the world. We are back. Make sure you're subscribed. Give us a five-star review. And for those of you that want to chip in to help support our show, I encourage you to go to charliekirk.com slash support. Become a monthly supporter. We have an email going out, I think, today, actually. Yep, going out today to give you an announcement around that. So make sure you make the cut so we have our private Zoom, uh, Skype call, whatever platform we're using later this week. God bless you guys. Email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. 
and deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.